0: When, when people are struggling, almost all of the time, it's because the financial engine of their life and or their business is not working.
1: Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast for you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. In this episode, I have a special returning guest, someone who is a keystone of the bootstrapping community. It is, of course justin jackson co-founder of transistor mega maker and more today we have an unstructured but very useful chat about building a financial engine for your business this is a topic that has come up countless times in my indie journey and i think it's something that a lot of indie businesses don't address as early and as seriously as they should there's a ton of actionable tips in this conversation about how to manage your finances building a solid profitable business and what to do when things aren't going so well But before we get into this conversation, I want to thank IndieByte sponsor, Email Octopus. Email Octopus are an indie email marketing platform built to support other small growing businesses like yours. They're focused on affordability and ease of use, which is perfect when you are starting out as a bootstrapper. Email Octopus contains all of the features you need to reach and grow your audience. And you can start today without paying a penny on their free plan, where you can contact up to 2,500 subscribers. Try our Email Octopus, head to emailoctopus.com or hit the link in the show notes. Now, this was a topic with lots of nuance, so naturally we went on for longer than the 15 minutes included in this episode. So if you're enjoying it and want to hear more, I've released a full conversation on the IndieBytes membership, which you can get access for for $60 a year by hitting the link in the show notes or going to IndieBytes.com slash membership. Let's get into this chat. I've had a real shocker over the past couple of weeks, I would say, with tax and finances because it was my first year like out on my own earning money through my limited company here in the UK and I just didn't know how any of it worked why don't they teach us this stuff
0: (laughs) I mean I've been there I've been there I've been it's like you you have a good year and then the end of the year comes and then (laughs) you know your corporate tax bill is 30 grand and and I always re- just remember feeling like fuck. Like I gotta, I gotta build some websites really quick for some people. You know, like I mean, have you have you read Profit First yet? No. Okay, well that's the recommended book. His solution is that you just money comes into your account and you just set up a system where you go, okay, small business corporate tax in the UK is whatever, eleven percent, fifteen percent. You automatically, every time someone you get a transfer from Stripe, you just automatically the in your bank account get it to put fifteen percent in a different account. And actually, before you even do that, his his big thing is you you pay yourself first. So you say, you know what, this year I want to have five percent profit for me as a business owner. So you take automatically a hundred dollars comes in, five percent of that goes To James, that's my benefit above my salary. That's my benefit for owning a business. I want to earn 5% profit. So you put that in an account. Just keep it away. Then you take 15%, so another $15 of that $100. You put it in another account, and that's for taxes. Or whatever. I don't know what your taxes are, but...
1: Yeah, Yeah, the the corporation tax here is twenty percent. Plus, you've got to pay the income tax based on what you give yourself. But like in in my account, I have the automatic. We have like pots, and it automatically takes twenty percent and puts it directly in that. The trouble is because money has been so awful for me over the last couple of years, I've just had to take it all out. Every every there'll be times where I can't pay my council tax bill, and I'm like, where do I get the money? And I have a have a hundred pound in my a tax part and I just have to take it out. And it, it's like whenever I've read Ramit Sethi's book or when I'm looking at this one, Psychology of Money, Morgan Housel, I'm like, yeah, that's great if you have the income and you can plan that income. With, with me for the last year, Justin, it's just been so up and down. There's months where I'm getting literally £500. Those months where I was getting £5,000 and it was just so up and down. And I realised stupidly two years later, James, you've got to just lock in some regular income. Just find it whatever way. If you don't want to get a job, then find a way to do it without getting a job, which is getting edits on subscription. But I've really struggled with that over the past couple of years. Yeah,
0: I've been there too. I mean, so I did implement a form of profit first, Mm. but, and I, I wrote a piece on this that I'll try to find for you later. But as soon as... Transistor was making good money, the need for profit first was gone. Because once you have enough income and enough cash, then if you do get a $30,000 tax bill, you just have cash, right? It's easier to ride those waves. And that's the struggle is that when I was there, when it was like trying to make it as an indie creator, trying to make it as a solopreneur, same as you, like some months would be up, some months would be down. Mm-hmm. Some I'd I'd be like have a launch, and I'd think that the launch was going to make me ten thousand, and it ended up making me a thousand. And it's like, fuck, what am I going to do <laughs> now? I actually, I don't think I. I think maybe I told this story once, but when Taylor Otwell asked me to speak the first time at a conference. That was the first time I ever even got paid to speak at a conference, and he was the first one to offer, which was very kind of him he just he he offers some per diem for all of his hmm. speakers and he also said and i'll I'll pay you for your your flight and your hotel. I remember like I figured out how much it would cost. I sent it to him. He transferred the, me, me the money, but then that like money, that held me over for like a couple months because I was just in a dry spell of needing something. And I think I told him that later, but like just that opportunity kind of saved me because mm-hmm. I was like, "Where am I going to get whatever it was? It was like two or three grand. And I've been thinking a lot about this idea of a financial engine. Like, you really need the financial engine of your business and your life to be working well. Mm. And, you know, from the time I quit my job and went indie, I did have flexibility. I could live where I wanted to. I could wake up when I wanted to. So I had that freedom. But until it was paired with a financial engine that really was working it wasn't complete. And this is like when I get questions from people to like my email newsletter and <laughs> it, when, when people are struggling almost all of the time, it's because the financial engine of their life and or their business is not working. And it's hard obviously, but that's the part that every business owner needs to figure out. And, It's surprising. That's why Profit First, actually. It's worth reading the first chapter of Profit First Mm -hmm. because his introduction just understands business owners so well and the truth that 95% of business owners, small business owners, are actually stressed about money. The financial engine of their life isn't working very well. It just hit me like a pile of rocks when I read it. It was just like... Yes, like that is what's happening. And I got to figure that out, right? I got to figure this out so that this engine's working. And he walks you through a process for that which includes being just absolutely brutal in in your assessment about revenue and expenses and also looking at okay, what do I want out of this, you know? not just out of this business, but out of this business life. Like, I'm an entrepreneur, okay, what does that mean? This is how I thought about it. If I could earn $80,000 as a salary, well, entrepreneurship has to give me more because entrepreneurship is a risk. So what am I getting paid back for that risk? Well, it should be eventually 100, 150, 200,000 a year. Okay, well, To get there what do I what would have to happen and it's well one way is I could reduce costs another way is increase revenue and do do different types of work and I mean that was the point really when I started evaluating all that stuff because I think similar to you I when I got depressed I would like I had an engine that felt like it was working and then I got depressed and then Everything just Bingo. fell apart. Yeah. And it was like, oh shit, if I'm incapacitated, none of this works. Like, I have to be able to show up all the time and be happy and energetic and be willing to invest the energy in doing another launch, whatever it was. Right. And that's what I started looking at. I started learning about these things like the market matters so much looking at my friends adam wathen and taylor otwell and just seeing the financial engine they had it was like that engine gives you way more
1: margin i can definitely relate to that justin my goodness the past couple of years where it's been so up and down as soon as i fall off things can be going a little bit well and as soon as that depression hits i just get low and then i go into what i call this self-sabotage mode where i just I go, well, fuck it, like, it's it's already bad. Let's just buy this other thing that might make me feel better or I, I can't pay this bill, oh well. And it just sort of spirals.
0: I mean, it's hard too because, like, in those moments, I wrote another piece called, uh, I think it's Desperation. When you're in that desperation mode, it's just, your brain shuts off. It's just like, mm. you you're just, like, Grasping for anything, and yeah, that feeling is—it's—it is some of the worst feeling when it happens. It's just tough to be in that mode where, even when you get a job, like I said, you know, I've had times where it was like, okay, I got to build some websites, and you get some websites, and I, it's just like it's not even a relief because all it's doing is getting you back to treading water, you you know?
1: So I I sent you my thoughts on, uh, or like what I was planning to do before I did it. You said you had thoughts on it, like potentially selling an asset or the...
0: I think most of it is just about thinking about the financial engine of your life. Of course, you're always limited by whatever opportunities you have, whatever assets you have, et cetera. But the key is to not invest in bets that are too risky. And there's definitely times where for me personally, it was like I was doing consulting and then I released marketing for developers on the side and that brought in 60 or 70 grand. I thought, this is great. If I go full time on it, Mm. I could probably double it. So yeah. I went full time on it. I doubled it the next year. I had a good year, but then it was like to really get to something that was sustainable, I had to keep launching new stuff and then eventually I did a string of bad bets right where I was like, "I'll launch this and it was like it didn't really work. Launch this didn't really work and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i and then I wasted a bunch of time on one project and before I knew it, it was like, fuck, I don't have time. And then I was like playing catch up. It was like, I think I wrote this book, Jolt. That was the second thing I wrote. And that was like done in a summer. And I I, I absolutely needed that to work or everything would have fallen apart. So I like worked on that all summer, killed myself to get it out, got it out. Thankfully, it did I can't even remember, like, not as much as marketing for developers, but it did 9K or something over the summer. And Mm. then I had a little bit more breathing room. But then I was just kind of always like, shit, I got to... And now I'm behind the eight ball. I got to, like, keep launching. So, yeah, I think the thing you got to think about is what is the best financial engine? It's nice if it's simple. It's nice if it's just one thing. It's nice if you don't have to layer a bunch of things on top of each other but you can just focus on one thing that's like really likely to bring in 80% of what you need and and of course one thing can be podcast editing might be multiple clients or podcasts might mean multiple podcasts and multiple sponsors but it's nice if it's simple and it it kind of runs itself you know it's like mm-hmm. You get a machine and then it's just like, okay. And that that whatever prices you're charging or there's enough volume coming in that you are eventually able to build up this thing where it's, okay, this is just working every month. And now I have breathing room, I have buffer, and I've got cash in the bank. And I don't have to worry about where the money's coming from next month. But I was in a position where I was like, Fuck! I don't know where the money's going to come in next week. Like, um, and you're in a bit of a nicer situation in some ways because I, at this point I had this was a bad, very risky thing for me to be doing because I had four kids and uh, oh. Oh mortgage and uh, and uh, everything else. So, in some ways, it's actually very lucky that I made it through all that.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Bites with Justin Jackson. Now, if you enjoyed that and want to hear more, a reminder the full 40 minute conversation is available on the Indie Bites membership that you can get access to at slash membership. And thank you again to my awesome sponsor, Email Octopus. That's all from me. See you next week.